0: Hey there, my name is Chris Rivers and I am with Scott Mazinga. We want to thank you for joining us for the Life at Grace podcast. The goal of the Life at Grace podcast is to address discipleship issues in the life of grace, church, and discuss how to be more fully devoted to God. In this episode, Scott and I speak with Chris McGowan around the topic of baptism. So with that said, let's jump into this episode of the Life at Grace podcast. Scott. Great to see you today, man. Hey, Chris. Good to be here. Yeah, and Chris, good to see you, man.
1: Good to see you as well.
0: Yeah, why don't you introduce yourself and let everyone know your role on staff here.
1: Chris, and you and I have had the pleasure of working together for a long time, and one of the things I've always appreciated about you is how much you champion baptism for our church body. And so why don't you just tell us, as we think about being a disciple, a follower of Jesus, why is baptism so important in that process?
2: Definitely. Well... I'm passionate about all things worship, and baptism definitely falls in that category. It's it's one of the ways that we get to visibly worship God in our services, and so it's that's one of the main reasons I'm excited about it because we get to sing and do a lot of other things. But baptism is uh, both personal and public, and it it's just so powerful um, when you when you get to observe that in our services.
1: Yeah, and you mention a few different reasons if people are thinking about how they grow their devotion to God and their devotion to others. I mean, baptism fits that um, paradigm as well. We might not think about it quite that way, but how does someone coming forward to be baptized, how do you see that really helping grow those two things?
2: well, there there are three ways that I think of baptism, and these aren't, you know, Outlined in the Bible as one, two, three, but they kind of stand out to me. And that is to be baptized for Jesus, for myself, and for others. And I can explain a little bit what I mean. Um, but the first one, for Jesus, I think is the most important one because that's everything we do is for Jesus. And he calls us to be baptized. And you see that throughout scripture. You even see Jesus being baptized in Matthew three. And when John the Baptist is like, I don't know, not, not me. Like I, I should, you should be baptizing me. Jesus basically says, well, this is, this is the way that we fulfill what the father has asked us to do.
1: Right. Right. So even, even Jesus was subject to the commands and the will of the father as we see through scripture. So I think we would say first and foremost, that it's, it's what the Bible commands us to do. Correct.
2: That's right. Even if you don't understand the why, the what is still there. Like Jesus called us to do it. And, discipleship is about growing to be more like Christ. And that starts with just obeying him. And so there are certain things in life as a Christian that if you can't take the simple step of just saying, well, okay, this is what he said to do, and follow him in that, then the harder things are going to be even more confusing and hard for you to do.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And so baptism is one of those steps of obedience where you're demonstrating life change, and your, your first big idea is that we're doing it to honor honor the Word of God. That's right. Awesome, awesome. What, so you mentioned two other aspects that are important to discipleship related to baptism. What were those?
2: Uh, so after For Jesus, I'd say For Myself. And I don't mean that in a self-serving kind of way, but it, it does a few th- things for you. Um, one, it's a stamp in time that you can look back on and say, I publicly identified as a follower of Jesus on that date. And that doesn't I'm not saying it's that's the date I became a, a follower of Jesus, right. but it is something that happened at a concrete in time that you can say, "Hey, I made that statement in front of people." And that in some ways is a form of accountability in itself to remind you, "Okay, no, this is who I am. My identity is Christ, it's not me." Mm-hmm. And when things get tough, I can look back and say, that is a reminder to me.
1: So those two things are actually coming together at that point. The idea of identity, I have a new identity. You know, before I used to live for myself. Now I live for Christ. And then this is a moment when I'm declaring that. That's right. And and before we get to the other piece, I am reminding myself, I am declaring my, this to myself uh, so that I can remember. The Bible talks a lot about, remembrances would we would it be fair to talk about baptism in the same way that the bible talks about other acts of remembrances
2: yeah i think it would be fair to look at baptism as a as an ebenezer and that's a little bit of a strange word we don't use it hardly in any context other than in the church and at grace uh, the way we see that is in the song come thou fount you talk about raising your Ebenezer. And what that is, basically, is a monument. It is, it is a reminder of something. And so uh, an example of that for my family is um, when my second son, Cohen was born, um, there were a lot of complications, and there's a long story related to his uh, pregnancy and birth and life, um, but uh, God answered some prayers for us and uh, reminded us that he is the one that's in control. And so um, we have what I consider an Ebenezer right outside of our side door where we come and go every day. It's just this little stone with a verse from Isaiah that reminds us that God is good and he does wonderful things and that all comes from him. And so if you're a guest in our house, you might walk past that and wonder, I wonder why that's there. It gives an opportunity for us to tell a little bit of that story. Mm -hmm. But more than that, it reminds our family that God is good and that um, we can trust him. Mm
1: So you have this daily reminder, this, this uh, milestone, if you will, that's symbolic, right? We're not saying that baptism saves you, but it's definitely a reminder of the work of grace in, in your life. Um, if you wanted to go into the scriptures, First Samuel 7 is where you could read a little bit more about what Chris is talking about here with the Ebenezer. Um, also think about um, when Joshua was coming into the land. And he had the ark, and the, they were crossing the Jordan, and they needed God's help to cross the Jordan. And the guy on the other side, and they put the stones there, mm-hmm. and just said, "Hey, this is another milestone. This is a reminder." Um, very similar to that that bush you have outside your house. And so, I think that's right that we do those things, mm-hmm. um, and and we don't have many. I mean, baptism is is one, and then you know, communion is kind of a an, an, a ritual that we work into the life of, of faith. And we'll talk about that on another episode. So if you have Jesus and you have yourself, and then how does this work as a witness for other people?
2: The third aspect is for others. And others honestly has two sides to it. If you think of the myself piece that we just talked about, when you're baptized, there are others around you, and you're inviting them into your spiritual growth. You're saying, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I need your help and I'm a follower of Jesus, and I want to help you. So it, it is self-focused as well. But then there is a piece where you are proclaiming the gospel to other people through your baptism. And every time we have baptisms in church, there there is somebody in that room that is not a follower of Jesus. Right. They may think they are. They may be trying to figure out what this is all about. And you gotta you gotta think if for somebody who has never followed Jesus and they come to a church service, singing they're somewhat familiar with you know all singing together facing the same direction maybe not you know maybe in a concert, um, but the act of baptism and communion like you mentioned, these two things are very unique that cause people to pause and go what is this I don't get it, and so if you are being baptized yourself. Um, you are proclaiming to the world that I am a follower of Jesus. In some of our campuses, we have the opportunity to even share a little bit in our baptisms. Sometimes we do that on on video so we can share it more broadly. Um, and sometimes uh, sometimes a, a campus pastor will just share a little bit about someone's story. So it's very much an opportunity to say, I am a follower of Jesus. I need him. I need this symbolic cleansing where Jesus forgives me of my sins, not not through the water, but it's symbolic of that. I need him. I need forgiveness of my sins. And I am moving from depending on my own self, which is ultimately futile, mm-hmm. to depending on Christ for that cleansing and for my salvation.
1: And that that gets represented in uh, oftentimes um, what's said in the pool. We don't really have a... a, a there's not a baptism formula. Um, there's typically a time where... Uh, the pastor's praying with whoever is there but but what in general um, does that represent in in the pool like we've talked around it but specifically what what are we looking at when we see someone being immersed in a pool of water in the middle of a service uh, what what are we talking about there?
2: Mm-hmm. I mean we're talking about somebody making the statement that they are dirty they are sinful and they need the cleansing blood of Jesus. And then their baptism, going under the water, is symbolic of them dying with Christ. Romans 6 talks about that really well, I think. And then being raised up out of the water is a symbol of being raised to new life in Christ. And so it's just this compact symbol of death, cleansing, resurrection, and um, the gospel, all in this powerful little symbol that happens.
1: And doing it publicly um, is important. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, I would, I would totally agree. I think doing it publicly, one, you can't proclaim something to somebody who's not there. So uh, we like at Grace to do these as part of our services because uh, you have the most people around to bear witness to it. And so it would have the most spiritual impact for those in the room and also invites the most people to identify uh, with the person being baptized and commit to being a part of their spiritual growth.
1: Yeah, and connect that to, to worship, because we'll, we'll talk about we're going to worship um, around the pool or while we watch baptisms, but how do, how do people understand why is that an, a worshipful event?
2: Sure. Well, worship, there's so many aspects to it, and typically when you say worship, People think singing, right? And I think the Bible is pretty clear that really what worship is is a, a lifestyle that um, proclaims who God is, that declares that He is God and that I am not, that praises Him for the for all the all of who He is, and puts ourselves in a posture of humility and and um, need of God, mm. and so baptism. I mean, you can do that in song, right? You, we sing these words that remind us of those things. And sometimes we're just singing to God. Sometimes we're singing to remind ourselves of what we need. But baptism is another very um, visible form of worship where you're saying all of those things.
1: And I think about how in your, your paradigm of for myself and for others, like when I'm seeing someone be baptized, I'm being reminded Uh, If if I'm a a follower of Jesus who's been baptized baptized of my own baptism and that public declaration. And then I'm also just joining them in celebration for just the grace of God at work in the world. And here's another evidence. Here's another person that has encountered that grace of God. So it really is for others in a chance, in a sense, that it it allows me to enter into worship in a really really special way as they are – um, taking the act of obedience um, to Christ, but
0: also to to the local church body. This has been great, Chris. So one of the questions I have is, uh, why water and why immersion? So help us understand that as a church. Why do we think in that way?
2: So water has always been part of ritual cleaning, even um, in Jewish history, predating the Christian church, uh, a, a symbol of becoming clean and even just physically becoming clean before yeah entering into the temple. And so immersion is the typical way that you are physically cleansed. Yeah. And so we think it's just practical. Um, And so we, that's the way we do it. Um, It's also uh, what we talked about a few minutes ago, the, the going beneath the water, representing dying with Christ and coming up out of the water, being raised with him. You don't get that symbolism with uh, other forms of baptism. Um, So that is why we, We do it that way. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So Second Corinthians comes to mind. Um, If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation basically everything every part of you is being changed and i think that is symbolic when every part of you is is getting wet that's a good we're, point now we're not saying that this is the only way obviously there are other traditions that that practice baptism differently but but part of what we want to do on, on on this podcast is just help understand what what we do as a church and so we've we've chosen immersion we've also chosen our worship services and so then you have people basically taking a public bath during a very um, can be a very crowded crowded Sunday morning, that's an odd experience, Chris.
2: Yeah, I would say for most people, there's a a bit of embarrassment that comes with it. Um, definitely humility um, involved in that. Um, you know, if we go back to the first thing, it's it's an act of obedience. Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of get past that either way. But the idea of um, denying yourself what you think and feel would be best for you, which would be to not be embarrassed in front of a bunch of people in a pool mm-hmm. um, and saying what, what Jesus says is more important.
1: Is it fair to say it's a test? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: So denying yourself the comfort that you would naturally gravitate to of right. not getting in that pool um, is, is an act of humility it's in some ways a form of test where you're showing to yourself and to Jesus that it's not just this nice idea in my head, but I am actually, there are going to be actions that follow my my words.
1: That's right, yeah. And so it's interesting to think about if, if I were embarrassed to come before a, a body of like-minded believers that... Um, are there to encourage me and are there to celebrate with me. Um, I think that's why it's fair to say it's a test because if I'm embarrassed to do that, then how likely am I Mm. to share my faith with people who don't have the same beliefs who, um, may make fun of me or may even mock me or whatever. And so I think it is one of those where the, one of those times where that public proclamation, um, to a, to a local church body gives us the confidence to then go out into the world and to give that same kind of witness except now with our voices, with our, with, our, with our lives and with our voices. Yeah, yeah.
2: and if you think about it, when you're baptized in the church, you are surrounded by people who all agree with you. Right. And so in some ways it should be the least threatening version of you identifying with Christ. Now, obviously, Different people have different fears, and some of that is being in front of a lot of people. Right. Um, however, what you said is true. the The act of saying, "No, I'm I'm going to identify with Christ over myself in this moment," and beginning to train yourself to do that um, goes a long way. Because most things in life, most fears in life, the way you work through them is to meet them head on.
1: That's right. So embarrassment, bad, but humility is really good. Absolutely. Because that same kind of humility is what you need to have if you're going to have a a public witness to Christ to the world, Um, not um, telling people, you know, shaming them and not not being legalistic and not telling them this is what you have to do, but demonstrating the exact um, grace of Christ that's been given to us to other people. That attitude of humility, like we see, again, Jesus himself, Philippians 2, that's actually how people are drawn to the faith. Yes. That's one way that people are drawn to the faith. Absolutely. And so, I mean, I, baptism just ties in so many different aspects. Um, what about the notion of, of biblical community and being baptized into a local body, say, and some of the accountability that, that comes with that? How, how should one think about and process that aspect of, of baptism, impl- the implication of baptism?
2: Definitely. Well, I think you have to look at a few different things and and put them together because they make sense to go together. But um, God established the church, and the church is his body. It's it's the vehicle through which he carries out his mission here on earth. And so to be baptized as a follower of Jesus separate from the church really just doesn't make any sense. Uh, The baptism is a proclamation that you were part of that church following Jesus. And uh, so the community is a piece of that. Um, all throughout Scripture, you see the need for community, the need for uh, forms of governing authority, um, a connection from you as a, as a member of the church to those who are responsible before God to you. And so in our church, we have community group leaders. We have... Pastors, we have ministers, and um, ultimately, everybody in our church, if you, especially if you're a member here, you are connected to someone who feels responsible for your Mm -hmm. growth. So, when you're baptized at grace, you're being baptized into your community. When I say into your community, I mean, like we talked about earlier, inviting the accountability, inviting the authority within the church, that somebody is accountable for you Mm -hmm. before God, and uh, you're, you're submitting to that.
0: Yeah. So let's talk, we've talked about the why a little bit. We've talked about the what. Let's talk about the how. So help us understand what does it look like when a pastor, a responsible pastor or someone who is caring for someone that wants to get baptized in the church, how does that process come about? What does that look like?
2: Well, we're really trying to balance two things. One, the call to be baptized. So if somebody is a follower of Jesus and and they realize, I need to be baptized, we want to make that happen. But at the same time, we have a responsibility uh, for that person's following Him. Do they know what it means to be a follower of Jesus? Yeah. Um, obviously, it would be a mistake to be baptized if you are not a follower of Jesus because you're not able to identify with Christ if you're not Following him, and so and and it would be confusing to somebody if um, nobody ever uh, stepped into that and helped them understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And then then they have this Ebenezer that we talked about, where they're like, "Well, no, I um, I, I was baptized, so surely I'm a follower of Jesus." We want to make sure, to the best of our ability, that people understand what it actually means to be a follower of Jesus, and we do that as part of the baptism.
1: And Chris, wouldn't it be fair to say that we've had hundreds of conversations over the years with with folks who have had that very experience where they have this marker or this milestone, often from a young age, but they, um, and that's not to dismiss any type of childhood faith, but they would say on their own accord, I really didn't know, I really didn't understand. And so this process even is affirming to them that now they do understand the work of grace in their life. They do see a clear before and after. They are able to articulate their story, and and this pastoral kind of oversight helps with all of those things. We have this process, Chris, where you know pastors are. Um, we have interviews, and we're making sure people are clear on the gospel and clear on their story. And I would say that that process is is actually part of. Their discipleship. Would you agree?
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah. There's there's no better time to talk with somebody about their story and understand that they're a follower of Jesus, or if they have some confusion about that. Needless to say, um, we have a lot of people come into the church with different backgrounds. They might have been in church their whole life. They might have been um, coming from a background where they've never been in church ever. And so, I mean, going all the way back to uh, to Jesus' time, there's confusion over what it means to be a follower of him. We're actually talking about that some in in Acts this coming week. But um, there's no better time while somebody is saying, I, I need to identify as a follower of Jesus and to publicly be baptized to stop right there and, and understand, make sure that they are as clear as possible on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Now, obviously, there are times when somebody is not... As eloquent in their ability to articulate the gospel in the in a moment when you're sitting down and having a conversation with them, but if they were to write it down by themselves, or if they were to be talking to their spouse or something, um, so there are different abilities to communicate, and we always want to do our best not to. To keep somebody from being baptized who needs to be, it's really the it's the it's the positive version of that. It's right. we want to take an advantage of that opportunity to understand their story and make sure that they're as clear as possible before they make that commitment.
1: Yeah, and what I what I love is it it just connects the dots between something that we we like to privatize, which is our faith, um, but seeing a big difference between personal and private. And taking a personal faith and making it making it public, putting it in the community, making it an opportunity to to worship, making it an opportunity to share, to have accountability, to be known, and I just think it gives confidence as it leads to greater devotion to God and others. Whereas we just think that privately, I'm good, and 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 baptism and a public form of baptism just goes against that. And it says, no, there's more. There, there's more. And we may have to walk through some steps here and get, a, get you out of your comfort zone and, and, and disrupt things a bit. But this is actually the way that our life is supposed to be lived in community when it, with one another, with this public declaration, declaration of just how awesome God is. So if we're thinking about resources, Chris, someone has questions, how do we go about, besides this podcast, helping them understand some of these aspects of baptism? Um, how do they think about, as a parent, talking to their kids about baptism? What are we? some of the things we're trying to do as a church to equip our church body?
2: Well, I'm a little old school when it comes to that question, and I think there's no better way than to have a conversation with somebody. We have some resources online uh, related to baptism, and we're actually in the process of creating some new resources just to help people understand some of what we're talking about today, uh, some of the what and the why. But honestly, because baptism is both personal and public, there has to be a personal component to right to that taking that step. And so, I'd recommend talking to whatever leader is um, closest to you. So, you know, again, if you're a student, talk to your talk to your uh, student group leader or, or the um, student ministry leader at your campus. Or if you're in a community group, you could talk to your community group leader or your community group pastor. But a conversation is going to be the best way to get questions answered, to find out more. And then um, any resources we have online really would just be supplemental to that to help um, to have something to refer back to.
0: That's great. Yeah. So this has been really good. Is there anything you'd want to add or leave with us as we close?
2: Mostly, if you're hearing this podcast and know that you have not been baptized as a follower of Jesus, I just want to make a a shameless plug to say you need to be. Um, And this is just a matter of what we talked about, a matter of uh, following Jesus, obeying him, uh, creating a moment in time that you can look back to where you declared that you were following him, And, um, for the opportunity you have to proclaim the gospel to others, Mm. you get to do your part in bringing others to Jesus through that. And so I would encourage you, even if you're, you have questions or you're embarrassed or whatever it may be, um, don't let that hinder you take the step to talk to somebody um, because this is something you need to, you need to do if you're a follower of
0: Jesus and have not. That's good. Well, thanks for doing that, man. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up today's conversation, we want to thank you for joining us. If you'd like to continue digging into this topic or have questions, check out the show notes or email us at grace at gracechurchsc.org. Thanks again. And we look forward to joining you on a future episode.